Welcome to the Big Brew Theory Podcast, where we talk brews, news, and what you should choose. Enjoy unique insights from beverage industry experts, big and small, from startup to stardom. Get to know your favorite brews. And now your host, Andy Pedic. Greetings, beer lovers, and welcome back to the Big Brew Theory Podcast. Today, I'm in the bustling Seattle neighborhood of Fremont, visiting Outlander Brewing Company. Outlander is a unique small brewery in a converted Victorian house built in 1896. Known for its wild concoctions and all kinds of experimentation, Outlander is a local favorite. Let's dive straight into my interview with Dragon and Jason. Disclaimer. The following content has been created for the listening pleasure of universal brew lovers. Our program is recorded live and unscripted. As such, any opinions or facts stated during these episodes are purely organic in conversation and personal views of the industry experts we interview. If you disagree with any stated information, please understand this program is created for the enjoyment of our listeners. We are unbiased and intend to promote the industry as a whole. If you don't like any content presented herein, please find another program rather than sending us nasty grams via comment or email. If you're among the other 99% to enjoy our show or someone who would like to contribute in any positive way, be sure to get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Now, please enjoy the show. So I'm joined today by Dragon Radulovich and Jason Vincione from Outlander Brewing Company in Fremont, Washington. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks so much for being on today, having me in. Uh, to paint a quick picture, Outlander is in a, what is this, a mid-century craftsman that's converted so to it's a... It's a building in 1896. It's a Victorian house from 1896. So is- 120 years old. That's awesome. So, can you just take us back to the beginning? How did you guys meet each other? How did this come to be? How long have you been around? Uh, we've been around for five years. Uh, 2011, I met Nigel Lassiter, and we started the place together back in the 2012. And he was a head brewer till earlier this year, and then Jason took over, and Nigel moved on. And I've been part of the Outlander crew for probably about four years now. Started here as an intern, then uh, August 2013, moved up to head brewer once we got, not head brewer, assistant brewer once we got the uh, three and a half barrel system downstairs, which we were one barrel to begin with, so now we're three and a half. Okay. And came on as assistant brewer, it was September 2014, and then Nigel left uh, end of February this year, so... We kind of did a transition phase where I became head brewer at the beginning of February, and he kind of became my assistant for one month before he took off. So, um, but I've been helping brew here for the past four years, roughly. So. so, the brewery and pub have been here for almost just over five years, right? That is correct. Awesome. So, what did you guys do before beer? How did you get into this industry? I just worked in a, in a bar industry for a long time, since 1999. Is that here in Seattle? Uh, just everywhere. Living in Europe, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and Seattle. Awesome. And I was a corporate contractor for the government, so I started homebrewing while I was working for the government, and uh, started coming in here right around the time I started homebrewing, you know, sharing my homebrews with Dragon and Nigel. And, they gave me the opportunity to intern here because they knew I wasn't especially happy with my old job. So um, they figured that I would be better suited to make beer than work as a clerical person for the government. So, How did the name come to be? 
Uh, so mostly because we decided not to brew uh, just regular beers like Pallels, IPAs, and we try to do more experimental beers, kind of like Outlandish, and that's why we came up with the name Outlander. So what would you say that Outlander Brewing is most known for? I mean, you said more esoteric style beers, not your standards. Yeah, just, just style. mostly experimental beers and uh, really a uh, cool setting in the old house. Right. I know the peanut butter stout is always a favorite. Whenever we brew that, people will come in and drink it right up. So, so for anybody who's not familiar with Fremont or Seattle, um, we're on... 34th Street here? We're on 36, 36. And, uh, Greenwood. And this is the main drag that goes through Fremont, a really popular neighborhood of Seattle. There's several bars, a couple of breweries nearby in Ballard, lots of things to do, huge nightlife. So you guys are open how many days a week? Uh, six days a week. Six days a week. And is it, uh, can people buy your beer outside of this location or is it all here in the brew club? It's pretty much all in here. Uh, we got a couple of kegs in a few bars, also in this neighborhood, but that's about it. We don't bottle, we don't can. Just try to keep it bubble. Very so, <laughs> whether you follow them or not, what are some current trends that you guys are seeing in the kind of local beer scene for 2017? Well, the New England IPA is definitely Seems to be a big thing. People are talking about yeah. like <laughs> hazy IPAs. Which... Uh, I guess we sort of have one with the guava, but that's more from the fruit than anything else. So. Right. So what is your, can you kind of walk me through the, the core lineup? If there are regulars, I'm sure you're changing things all the time. We do have a couple of stable ones that we keep on, try to keep on all year round. The Holy Basil Pale is one of those. So it's a beer we we made a few years back and you know it was always a good seller. Uh, it's sweet basil and holy basil. So... Um, and then our Cascade Warrior IPA, which Cascade Hops, Warrior Hops, uh, standard Northwest style IPA. Yes, we have people that come in just want their standard IPA, so uh, we have that for them. But otherwise, uh, we might keep the Azaka on too. That's been doing pretty well. It's a real just nice drinkable pale ale. But a lot of the stuff changes up pretty much. We'll make stuff maybe once a year, or there's a few we do, you know three or four times a year. Like, uh, we have a, a slow lager that we do using Slovenian hops, uh, the rock steady, which is on currently, which is kind of a, a foreign export or Jamaican style stout. Um, we try to keep those on fairly regularly, but most of the stuff you see up there, uh, the guava has been on for most of the summer. What's the birthday cake pale all about? <laughs> so that one, uh, we brewed that first about three years ago on the one barrel system. We had one of our regulars make us a cake. It was for our second anniversary, so the second birthday of the brewery. Uh, and we threw the cake in the mash. And, you know, we were talking about what we could do for the anniversary for the fifth year, since that was our, our most recent one. And Dragon suggested that we bring that beer back. So we had the same person make us three cakes, because we had tripled the size of the batch, and threw three, like, pound cakes into the mash, and then stirred it up, and uh, actually mashed pretty well. My goodness. And we added some cherry and some vanilla, uh, post-fermentation, and many people say it tastes like birthday cake, so, and I would have to agree. So we're looking at uh, multiple big IPAs and adjunct IPAs. We're looking at multiple sours. Belgian styles, 
porters and stouts, the biggest, dickest barley wine. Yes. 12.5%. So that was also, so every year for our anniversary, we make a barley wine. And so it's always called the biggest, dickest. And uh, it's a Monty Python reference, if you didn't know. Right. Um, this is number five. Yeah, so fifth year. Uh, and we decided fifth year, let's go for it, biggest we can make. So uh, I was shooting for 12.5 and I got it. Um, so it's a Belgian style barley wine. So it's kind of crossed with barley wine and St. Abbey Ale. But uh, yeah, it, it, uh, it'll get you where you need to go. So can you <laughs> can you paint us a picture too really quick of the uh, Imperial Raspberry Shit Show Porter? Uh, the Shit Show has a story behind it. Okay. So, um, so when we were still in the one barrel system, we used to do five gallon pilot batches still too with one of our old regulars. And uh, his name's Neil. Um, he might be listening, who knows? <laughs> Hi, Neil. A, yeah. Uh, so we were doing a five-gallon. We're going to do a porter. Uh, it was going to be a 7% porter, nothing too fancy. We're using mold extract. So I'm stirring. He's pouring. He's supposed, supposed to pour nine pounds of mold extract in there. He keeps pouring, keeps pouring. Sixteen and a half pounds later, we have a 13% porter that was ridiculously strong. So we threw raspberries at it to cut the sweetness on it, which did help. And uh, we did a five-gallon initial, and we just bottled about four gallons of it, and there was about a gallon left in the bottom of the carboid or the bottling bucket that we bottled off of. And we were just kind of sipping on that because we were just seeing what it was tasting like. And after a couple of them, we are just like, man, this beer really is a shit show. So the Raspberry Imperial Shit Show was born. So we make it once a year. So do you have any um, – obviously, that's at this time of year. Do you have any fall, seasonal – Marks and style or well, we're gonna have pumpkin a, or anything like yeah, that. Pumpkin yeah, spice beer coming up. We're doing one. Uh, we've done a couple of years ago. It was a maple pumpkin spice. So Ooh. it's. Uh, I haven't brewed it yet. It'll probably be on mid October. I would think. So maybe cutting it a little late, but I'm sure it will still. <laughs> and what's the ABV like that turn out? Uh, it's about six to seven. So it's not okay. too out of control. But cool. So Dragon, what's uh, the the goals for the future of the pub here? Five years in, has it? grown beyond what your expectations were what could you do in the future uh i don't think we want to grow too big and we want to stay here we like location we like the space we like the neighborhood and we're good we're following good, good community yeah. yeah absolutely you're the only guys on the block at least for a while <laughs> yeah. so the next question might be kind of off then but it's something i always ask if I were to walk out of here and leave on the table a check for $500,000 with no strings attached, what would you do to your brewery if you could? Is it more equipment? Is it selling kegs out of here? Is it taking okay. a big vacation and just leaving it? <laughs> I will say vacation, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'd be nice to have a little bit more equipment downstairs, but I mean, there's only so much we can do because it's pretty well packed in, but there's, a, right. you know, there's always upgrades that can be made. But. Well, it's cool because most people say, oh, I want to sell in 30 states or I want to hire 25 employees. Not, I love where I'm at. We're a sustainable business. We like what we do. We like who we are. Let's just stay this way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So are there uh, special days of the week when people should come in? Do you do like trivia or music or something like that? Are there things people should know about the place? Yeah, we don't have a trivia here and we don't have karaoke. <laughs> right? I appreciate that. Thank you. But we do have open mic. We got open mic Sundays. 
Great. And what are the hours on the days you're open? So it's uh, Tuesday through so Tuesday through Friday we're open at four. Saturday Sunday we're open at two. Tuesday Wednesday we close at ten. Thursday we close at midnight. Friday Saturday we close at one a.m. and then Sundays we close at ten. So nice. it's a little, a little staggered, but you know it's a good hours. Stay busy. So, are there any final standalone thoughts that people should know about Outlander that set you apart from other breweries? If you could tell the millions of listeners that we have, yes. Uh, what What do you want them to know about you? We're twenty one and over. <laughs> dogs, Appreciate that. Yeah, that's dogs good. are only allowed outside. Okay. Nice deck space here. <laughs> no Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Um, you have a cool looking mug club here, looks like. We got a coolest mug club. Those are neat. With like goblets, ceramic goblets. Especially yeah. made, made for us. Those are very cool. Well, okay. I'll uh, take a bunch of pictures so people can get a good understanding of how interesting this place is. And uh, be sure to stop by soon. So come on by Outlander Brewing Company on 36th Street in Fremont, Seattle, uh neighborhood and uh, come in and see the guys. Thanks so much for your time. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening to the Big Brew Theory Podcast. We'll see you next week with more of the best local brews and news. Cheers. Cheers.